Blog Talk Radio. Well, we, I guess so we have, have plenty of time. 
Oh, yeah. Lincoln was still building. And we officially end uh, right around Christmas time uh, in uh, some place in Siberia. It's going to be a little nippy there, oh, but that's okay. Uh, Siberia in Christmas up in Tommy, that's going to be pretty rough. Well, you know, uh, I'm paying all these guys good money. They're getting all my albums, they're getting my advice, and they're getting scale. So, you know, anyway. Uh, Go ahead, Don. You know, I Big thing on the internet, before we get there, just a big thing on the internet this week <clears throat> about alcoholism in Russia and how it's the uh, been the demise and what's really held Russia well, back. I think it's the only saving grace for that country is alcoholism. It's got a very high rate, one of the highest in the world, not the highest, but uh, like in the top three, I think. And uh, I think that makes it an interesting place. Uh, but that's just me. Anyway, Frank, I got one question for you before we uh, get going with the show here. You know, we talked last week about the uh, the guy I uh, heard about. You're supposed to go down to uh, New Jersey to see him. Uh, this is the guy that dresses like Abraham Lincoln. Not New Jersey, Pennsylvania. He dresses like Abraham Lincoln. He juggles Civil War cannonballs while reciting the Gettysburg Address. We talked about him last week. Did you get in touch with this guy? Because I want him bad. This would be perfect for those commies in Russia. What do you think? Did you talk to him? I, I, uh, God. Uh, 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 I've heard this before. Go ahead. Well, you know, that, 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 that kind of, I'm trying to do a Ted Kennedy in, in, uh, imitation. Uh, 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 Hey, listen, you know, in the old days, this is part of the, uh, and I'll, I'll just, I'll be done in a minute and get on with the show. Uh, as you guys know, I've been in the business as long as I have. I have 48 different tuxedos over the years. 48. You know, I, 48. Anyway, but for this, for this tour, I haven't got anything appropriate. So I got a hold of this place called the Betsy Ross Bunting Company in Boise, Idaho. And they're going to make me a new dinner jacket that's an American flag. I think it would be very appropriate for the Russian tour. God bless America. What do you think? I, I, it's wonderful, but you only have 48. Uh, we do have 50 states. Well, they won't know. What do they know about it? It looks good. It's red, white, and blue. It looks good on me. It brings out my uh, my hair and my color. My It's beautiful. I, uh, then I'll have 49 tuxes. Anyway, that's all I have to say. Frank, you've got to jump on the Civil War guy. I want him desperately, and we're still looking for an animal act because that woman we talked to twice now, all she does is talk to animals, and they don't say anything interesting back. So we need somebody who talks to animals and gets, like, good information out of them or a couple of jokes or something because just chatting with your cat or something is not fun for an audience. So get on that, too, please. Thank you very much. All right, Tom, sorry to take up so much of your time, but I had to give an update. Oh, no, no, no. This is all... The question that comes in my mind is you sound like Elton John with all of the outfits. I mean, well, you know, no, they're just the tuxedos. You know, you got different colors for your moods. You got, you know, the blue silk mm-hmm. like Tony Bennett. You got the straight black with a little, little full yard in the, uh, in the, uh, I love that word, in the, uh, in your little uh, pocket the lapel thing there. And, uh, you know, you different ones. And styles well, change over the years. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a, a, a stickler for the old days. I prefer the old tuxes, but you know I keep up. I'm pretty. Uh, I used to be hip, but now I'm hip. Uh, I think even hip is old now. So, but I keep up. But I, I think this cool uh, Betsy Ross Bunting Company dinner jacket's gonna really, it's gonna kill them over. And uh, they don't see much color in that time of year over there. You know, it's uh, if we leave October 31st, and they'll be like you know, already eight months into winter over there in October. 
Sure. Is there a reason that they chose that time of year, Tommy? I mean, is it something they feel that the Russians need um, entertainment? And yeah, provide? yeah, yeah. No, no. Well, it's, 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 you, you've kind of hit the nail on the head uh, because you know it, it's you know right now it's September. They've already snowed four times over there, but. Because of that, I mean, the summertime, the sun comes out, and people like to go outside and stay out as long as they can. Yeah, you're right. This time right. of year in, 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 in the Soviet Union, well, the former Soviet Union, it's, you know, the sun doesn't come up till 11 o'clock in the morning, and it goes down like an hour and a half later. These people need some place to go, uh, some, something to do, because they can't just sit home and, and drink all the time, so they can come out to a club and drink. It's much better, much better. Yeah, that's true. And they, uh... Are you worried about them being pa- passing out while you're performing? Uh, and, uh, any well, I'm kind of used to that, to tell you the truth. I'm, I'm very used to that. Uh, most of my audience either dies or passes out from alcohol during my yeah. performances usually, so that's not unusual. Have you been receiving any fan mail now that you're uh, on the Internet? Anything coming across the, uh, the well, Internet? Well, I just, I just, yeah, I just uh, switched to a new uh, computer, and, you know, these computers for an old-timer, you know, it's... I used to have I used to have people do this for me, you know. Yeah. I had my people true. do it. I had no more people though, so I got to do it myself. But I just changed it, so I had to change emails and that kind of stuff. And uh, although I didn't get any fan mail, I got four death threats this last week. Uh, some of them were very interesting, were very graphic. It wasn't just a death threat, but they got into great detail on how they were going to do it. Like you know, somebody took a lot of time to send a death threat. It wasn't just a casual death threat. It was well, you know, really put some over, into it. Uh, over the internet from Siberia. Really, I wouldn't put a little too much weight. I mean, that's a long way to go to to actually carry it through, you know. Oh no, most of these are from my neighbors close by here, you know, like woman next door and that kind of stuff. So it's not unusual at all either. I'm, I'm used to that. Anyway, uh, 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 you gonna come along with us on this? Uh, do I have to buy you a ticket to come on this uh, tour? <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. I'd love you to do get speak the with... language. I'm gonna need an interpreter. We talked about this before. Yeah, well, I'll be you glad know, some to. Of my, uh, uh, First, if I can speak to the women, they are absolutely uh, phenomenal. Well, yeah, they're 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 very hairy. And well, nothing that's like older a... one. No, no, no. That's the that's the communist stereotype. The new ones are hip. I mean, they're all Tommy. If you ever see a fashion show, I mean, that's what they load them yeah. up with. Now they stock them with these. I know they like the Russian. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you put a you put one of those black lights on them, and all the hair is stick out. You know, they just glow in the dark. It's uh, true. It's uh, you know, especially if they're juggling or something. Uh, but uh, I need a, I need someone to interpret for me certainly, and uh, I'll be glad uh, to. Sure. Uh, you know, you get scale too on a couple of my records, and uh, but uh, and you travel by the way. Oh, that's a, a, a stickling point. Dr. Boris about. I mean, I'm I'm not going to fly Aeroflot over here like in uh, 18th class, uh, which essentially means they're flying to the Soviet Union, the former Soviet Union, in an, Aer- an Aeroflot, which is the Russian airline. But uh, he's got me booked on a seat that uh, – it's not really a seat. I think they tie me to one of the wings. I want first class, you know, the ones that have real seats and seat belts and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, seat belts are optional on those things. I mean, Stalin – Well, that's why I want first class. I think they have a a piece of rope or something you can tie around your uh, waist. (laughs) I've flown near a flat before. Yeah, Stalin had actually removed all of the seat belts during his regime. Um, But – Wow, so this is a lot of happening. I'm glad. I mean, this is, uh, you know, we're we're, uh, we're gearing up. We're getting the acts ready. Um, I, I I can't wait to see. I've searched YouTube looking for this Abraham Lincoln. Um, oh man, he's so oh he's great. 
You should see him juggle those cannonballs. I mean, those suckers lay like six pounds each. He does three, I sometimes know, four of them. Why are we setting to get these very dressed? I'm telling you, the Ruskies going to love this kind of stuff. It's very right early to go for this kind of stuff. Somebody throws a chainsaw in there with the uh, cannonballs. It could get very interesting. Um, yeah. So, but, you know, Frank and I, we have some uh, commitments from some <clears throat> some radio personalities here in Boston to join the show. Well, Frank and I think you ought to be committed, yeah. And who 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 you who you been, blah, 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 blah. Who you been talking to? Well, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Jordan Rich on the uh, on the WBZ. He's on the evening shift, the graveyard shift. But he's oh, I know, a... I, I know him. I've known yeah. him actually. I followed his career for years, and and I hope soon he finds uh, something that he can actually do well. But you know, I I like Jordan Rich. Well, he's uh, he's agreed. We got to be nice to him now. He's agreed to uh, to to show up maybe next Friday. So you know, you know, try to keep. Keep that kind of thing down, you know. We want to. Well, I mean, I just—I thought it was a compliment. Uh, well, okay, yeah. Man of many talents. He just. I know. I know your sense of your sense of a compliment is uh, kind of different, Tommy. We've been trying to talk to you about that. One of the things the Russians will get it because they don't, you know, the, yeah, the difference yeah. in the language. I can always say when they ask me, "Did he really say that?" I said, "No, he didn't." And, uh, well, you know, I blame I blame this on my upbringing. The, you know, the, the fact that my parents sold me, and then the Indian family, and then these fifty-year-old uh, uh, prostitute slash uh, chorus girls. Uh, my youth was uh, different than most people's, but uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I said, "Hey, what's this guy going to do? This Jordan Rich guy? I know him. I do know him. He's oh, yeah. uh, from the like, TV, right? of of yours. Yeah, no, he he he. Uh, when I, as soon as I mentioned that Tommy Dakota was back. He lit up. He said, you're kidding. I said, no. I said, yeah. Frank and I have been looking for the longest time. And I said, we finally located him in Portland, Maine. And uh, he goes, oh, my God. He says, yeah. He says, I was – he says, he, the guy is actually in a – no kidding aside, he's an actual authority on the Rat Pack and Frank and yeah. loves old-time radio. So he's um, he's juiced over this. He's, he can't wait. Well, I'm looking forward to it, uh, uh Unless he dies between now and then of old age, but you know, thank God he's that no, age. No, 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 he's, he's he's no, he's probably got ten to twenty years under us here. Um, the other thing, speaking about childhood, Frank and I were having an interesting. Of course, you know, the interest. Uh, Frank is getting a lot of um, response from the former Flavor Straws company. Uh, somehow <laughs> they picked up from this. Hey, yeah. I love those. I made a lot of money with Flavor Straws. Well, you know, they're they're talking about the merchandising aspects of this now that, you know, imagine and these the Valium, things. The Valium flavor straws, and we were talking about the uh, euthanasia uh, uh, straws. Yeah. Well, if we bring they them like to that, Russia, huh? Well, they're going to Russia with all these flavors in vodka right now. Ah. Um, talking about, yeah, I mean, forget forget spending 50 bucks for some kind of Grey Goose uh, blueberry vodka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just You're talking about vodka flavored... Yeah, put the straws on the, um, right, just, uh, you know, put an elastic band around them on the outside of the bottles and, uh, you know, sell them that way. Uh, That's a good idea. Yeah. You load uh, with these marketing ideas. I guess, you know, if we're going to Russia, we should have like a borscht flavored uh, uh, flavor straw and uh, maybe a a cabbage flavored uh, flavor straw and, of course, uh, uh, pierogi. Caviar, uh, caviar. caviar. Well, for the people who's got you know more than fifteen cents, yeah, right. yeah, that'd be great. Exactly. 
So, but we were talking about our youth. I mean, you do remember some of the youth, especially in Boston. Youth? Yeah, youths, not like youths on Joe Pesci youths, but youth. And growing up in Boston, back when we were youngsters in the 50s and 60s, certainly is a lot more different than, you know, sitting at a computer all day, you know, playing war games. We actually did the real thing. Yeah, I actually would, uh, instead of staying home all day, I'd go down to Scully Square and go into Penny Arcade all day and uh, first play pinball machines. And then I, when I was tall enough, uh, I began to, they had uh, peep shows in the back, and I used to put like a quarter, which is a lot of money at the time, and uh, watch these women take their clothes off. It was very inspiring as a young man of uh, like seven. I mean, the, the, the uh, I, I actually had to stand on a, on a, a little uh, stool in order to be high enough to look into these machines. They don't make them like they used to, I'll tell you. Well, and, you know, these kids, they're, 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 everything is a virtual world. So you were seeing the real thing at the real moment. I mean, they, they, mm-hmm. everything is on the screen. I mean, they can access all the kinds of porn, but it's not the same thing as the experience of getting a stool. I mean, you had to work for this. Get a stool, stand up on the oh, stool, yeah. actually peek through the, the peephole. Yeah, yeah. These well, are electric machines, and they had a, a movie theater attached to it too. Uh, 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 locally, we called it the Scratch House. And uh, I tell you, as a little kid going in there, it was. Uh, I remember my parents saying, "Whatever you do, don't go in the men's room." But and I'd uh, there'd be all kinds of interesting people to meet in there. People that would be in there like all day long. God knows what they're doing, but uh, you know, some of them liked uh, Doris Day. They thought she was hot and would do all kinds one of weird things. Sad, yeah sad moments of this whole electronic uh, age is that the digital age... You don't get to experience that sort of stuff, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we've lost the, you know, sharing porn uh, in a movie theater. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sometimes you don't want to share too much and you don't want to touch anyone in there, and sometimes your feet would stick to the floor, but if the movie was good, you'd put up with that sort of thing. And it was cheap. Yeah, it was like a quarter or something, I think. Oh, yeah. 18 cents, as I recall. Okay. You talk about 50s and 60s. When it comes to the 60s, I was, I was working already, but 50s mostly, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the old Scully Square. That's true. In the old days, you'd actually even pick up a penny if you saw it on the ground. Not today. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no people too, uh, too well off of that. Came, uh, I don't know how it came up, but you could enlighten us. Frank is remembering you guys together, and he, we were talking about hide-and-seek, and, uh, but the one... Oh, yeah. Yeah, but the one that came up that we need some, Frank said that you may be, uh, you know, able to help us out is, what was it called, Buck Buck? Send Buck, Jimmy Buck. up or? No, no, that? Buck Buck. Buck Buck was this, uh, this uh, 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 I don't know where this game come from. I really don't know where it came from. It was so bizarre. It was uh, this uh, a torture device. Now, you've got two teams, and it's maybe five or six kids on each team. And one guy would be designated the pillow. And that was usually me because I was a larger guy. And here's the uh, idea of the game. I'd stand against the wall, and the other four guys on the team, the first guy would uh, bend over and grab me around the waist. The next guy behind him would bend over and grab him around the waist. And the next guy, et cetera. And there were four guys there and me. And here's, uh, here's the object of the game. The opposing team, one by one, would jump up as far as they could into the air and land on these people bending over in hopes of driving them into the ground. And if you did that, then you had to start all over again and you get even more beating. So 
their four guys would jump up as high as they could onto the backs of, of my team who are holding on to each other. And if they made it, if every one of them made it to the uh, very top of the pile while everyone is moaning and growing underneath, because, you know, you got some 150-pound guy jumping up in the air and then landing on your back, you have a tendency to get crushed down into the dirt. But if, indeed, you held strong and all, all four of the other team were up on the backs of uh, my team, they would then give this uh, colorful rhyme, buck, buck, how many fingers do I have up? And one of the guys who's being sat upon, bent over, puking his guts out because he's so much in pain, would have to guess, you know, between one and five, two fingers, three fingers, four fingers, five. And if he guessed it, which, you know, and I was, the, the pillow could see, you know, how many fingers they were holding up, uh, so they couldn't cheat. But if they guessed it, then it was their turn to bend over, and we jumped on them. But if we didn't get that right, then they'd have to start all over again. We'd uh, we'd uh, get back into position. They'd jump on us again, and they kept jumping on us until indeed we held all of them up, and they get and we guessed the right number. Did you? Is that clear? That's a bizarre game. I have no idea where that came from. But you went home bloody and dirty, and your head was cut, and. Uh, you had an upset stomach, and uh, you had little tiny pimples all over you. It was just horrible. You well, remember I, that, Frank? I, Frank was taking a, um, uh, the emergency ward at Mass General uh, after one of these games uh, uh, for uh, both a concussion and uh, I think he broke his tibia. Mike, Mike, oh, yeah, he, he did How many fingers do I have up? Yeah, th that was the part that I don't – I'm trying to remember. I remember that. I remember – but, what, again, yeah. what the hell – What's the purpose? Who, the, the the opposing team, the team that were the jumpers. Yeah. So when I get, you know, I, I mean, I. Jumpers, I mean, the jumpers either had to. The jumpers either had to put you down on the ground, which means break right. your little formation, or you didn't get. Or, or uh, they would give that buck buck how many fingers up? They would hold up the fingers, and the people who are getting jumped on would have to guess how many fingers are up. And what was the object? If we fell down, we had to start all over again. If we didn't guess the right number of fingers they held up, we'd have to start all over again and get beaten up even more. If, in fact, we guessed it, the opposing team then bent over and we jumped on them. This went on for hours until everyone was, uh, you know, unable to walk. This, this has is uh, amazing. This day I have a limp from that game. Yeah, this is amazing gay overtones. I mean, you know. Did they... Well, it, depends. it always depended on where you put your head when you were holding on to your, uh, the next guy's waist because you were all bent over. And uh, Yeah, and in other parts of the, of the country, uh, it was called a daisy chain, I believe, but it wasn't like that at all. It was a rough, tough, uh, tough game. I have no idea where it came from, but uh, to this day I have a limp from that game. Frank has got a limp with um, from that game, so maybe I know what you're talking about. Daisy, daisy chain. And now, uh, it's amazing. I mean... What you know? I'm, I wonder. I'm thinking now. I wonder if we could YouTube this buck buck. What happened? You're right. I mean, how does a game like that? I mean, that's you know, this has all the elements of uh, rugby and football. I mean, there was no ball involved. Oh yeah, yeah. And this is kind of passed down. You know, I'm sure we learned it from the older kids. You know, it just kind of uh, gets passed down, like you know, uh, dirty jokes and, and and that sort of thing, which is you know how you learn about sex in the city. This is tragic. Uh -huh. That the, our youth today 
you know, since uh, that's right. Instead know, of getting beat up and breaking bones and getting concussions, they sit all day at the damn computers and and learn things and and uh, waste their time like that. When they do get outside, they get fresh air on the way to the uh, uh, hospital uh, to be uh, taken care of. You know, you get a lot of air walking down the hospital. So, you know, a few blocks away. So it was certainly a lot more healthy than sitting in your house all day playing uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto 96 or whatever they're up to now. Yeah, that's true, Grand Theft. Well, maybe they can add a buck-buck segment to Grand Theft. I bet, you know, actually, I'm thinking now, what a, the marketing potential of an electronic game um, You know, the kids can play it electronically and avoid all of the concussions and the contusions. Concussions and the contusions is why you played the game, you know. It was better than football. You didn't have to go down the park. You didn't have to wear any special outfits. You find a parking lot that's empty. You lean up against the wall and you get three or four of your friends and you got a game going. I also think... We, you know, when you think back of all this insanity, wonder why we have back problems when we were in the. Oh you yeah, know. yeah. I mean, you know, the sole buck, purpose of this know. game was to inflict punishment. That was the sole purpose of this game. <clears throat> exactly. I mean, then there were other uh, games of mutilation too. Dodgeball. That was another one. Uh, I love dodgeball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, I used they, to play uh, that. Yeah. I mean, you just some some kids just it wasn't to hit the they wanted to to wound them. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah. Actually, down to really heave that thing. Uh, well, this is how you learn to this is how you learn to work together with other people. You get two or three friends, and you and a couple of strangers, and meet over in the corner and say, "This is a little kid with the glasses. Let's beat the shit out of him." I mean, it was really teamwork. And of course, somebody would uh, bear the brunt, but you know. If you've got to learn something, some people learn and some people don't. And So yeah, I enjoy that. There's nothing like inflicting pain. It's always been the universally fun thing to do, Yeah, either and, you physically know, or mentally. Well, you know, now that you know, with the bullying, bullying problem here in America, this is why yeah. it's it risen to become they, the kids don't have the outlets of Buck Buck uh, or Dodge or uh, – what about the Red Rover? Was it that was similar to Dodge in a way, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I recall, in Red Rover, you had to you had to break a line of people standing there arm in arm. You had to yeah. you had to uh, break through them. That was similar, not nearly as tough as Buck Buck, but you could certainly get hit doing that. You could get hurt well, doing that. I mean, and uh, well, yeah, I, I mean, I, just a minute on bullying cases, small kids. Bullying, we didn't have bullying then. If somebody bullied you, you got somebody else and a friend or a couple of friends, and you went down and you took care of the bully, and that was that. So, unfortunately, they don't do that that way anymore, and kids are being bullied, and I don't go for that at all. But uh, right. if anybody's being bullied out there, have them call me. I'll have it taken care of for you. God, it's just it's a sad about, state of affairs. Yeah. Talking about the Red Rover, Red Rover, God, I, I can feel my arm being, you know, wrenched. To its breaking point. Uh, yeah, the you remember other that? Did you play that? Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. Uh, yeah. I, Red Rover. And they call you. The opposing team would call you, so they pick yeah, on somebody individually and have them. Like the biggest yeah. sissy, you know. That's right. I mean, they, That's right. They certainly yeah. didn't pick the tough guy. They didn't want him busting through. No, no, because they'd come over and they wouldn't break through your line. They'd punch you in the face, <laughs> and then you'd let go automatically. Good yeah, game. Yeah. I, I played it. I, this Frank. I, I, I played it. A, a few times, uh, but usually I was like eliminated right off the bat. Ah, yeah. Well, you yeah. know, I uh, they when I was smaller, which was a long time ago, uh, they I'd be the one they called consistently, 
and uh, you know I could never get through. And of course, when you're trying to get through, they're punching you and hitting you. So I learned a trick a few days after I got beaten up four or five times. Uh, uh, they called me over as usual, and I ran down and uh, I threw acid in the face of two of them, and uh, that cut me right through. <laughs> they yeah, just they, screamed uh... and, and you know broke the chain. It wasn't was, really acid. Uh, I shouldn't say that. It was uric acid. It was uh, urine, essentially. But that's acid. You, oh, see, I missed it. Frank broke up here, and he just—I didn't hear it all. You threw you threw urine at them. Yeah, I, I, it's uric acid. Uh, uh, you know, I didn't want to burn them or anything, but uh, I wanted. Them, so instead of taking a beating, I ran down just before I hit the line. I threw, you know, um, yeah, urine uh, in their yeah. faces, right in their faces. Yeah. You know, I'm, now yeah. that we're. About this stuff, this is—it's amazing we even made it through those years with you know Buck Buck and Red Rover and Dodge and well, of course then we played tackle football without the equipment. Yeah. yeah. In those days, of course, I always carried a pint of urine in my back pocket. I get an old Muscatel bottle I find on the street and fill it full of urine because you never knew when you might need urine. <laughs> yes, it's, that you know that Muscatel was everywhere. I mean, it was on the altar as an. And, uh, well, even Scully Square was on every doorstep. Yeah, I mean, you know, when when we, did, you know, homeless. You must was be a Catholic right. boy to mention. You must be a Catholic boy to mention the altar because that's uh, that's that's what they used for sacramental wine in the Catholic Church. Yeah, was, uh, exactly. Oh, and yeah. That was my first uh, <clears throat> my first sommelier I met in in the back in the sacristy. He uh, one of them yeah. Walt boys. <laughs> no, no, it's uh, a big difference between a sommelier and a wino. It's <laughs> two different yeah. things. Yeah. Well, he. You know, he he uncorked the cruet and said, here, drink this. And, of course, I thought, you know, first of all, that, you know, I was about eight years old drinking wine at eight, but also the fact that it could be blessed, you know, in, in Jesus' blood. I mean, that God knows there were ramifications well beyond this earthly realm. I mean, I'd be burnt, burning in hell forever. But that was my first drink. I uh, um, I learned. There's another thing you learned. Uh, I had a brother and a cousin who were uh, were altar boys. You know, altar boys in the Catholic Church. They helped the uh, the priest or the minister with the service. And uh, uh, I lost you there. I mean, the, the the priest would have the the boys. Did I lose you, Tommy? Uh, no, I'm here. I, what happened? Hey, uh, I mean, the, the, the priest would have the boys bend over and play a form of buck buck. No, they, no. They, well, they were praying. I think they were praying. All right, that's oh, true. Getting a blessing or something, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I'll have to finish my story next week. I see it's getting late. All right. Well, Tommy, this was fantastic. Uh, it's well, good the to trip down memory lane. And, and you and Frank are back together. Frank is dusting off his old um, entertainment uh, legal books and uh, looking up, spending hours on the contract uh, segment. Tell me to get off his stuff, though, and do some stuff for me. I can't give him 10% of nothing. He's going to yeah, do exactly. something for me. Well, let's uh, hope that uh, next week we want, again, uh, hopefully Jordan Rich keeps his promise and gives us a call. I'm and... looking forward to that. It might be fun. Yeah, exactly. Well, listen, you have a great weekend. This was certainly a down memory lane, and uh, Frank, anything you want to say? Not a thing. All right. Thank you, Tommy. As usual, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much. All right. Enjoy the, enjoy the weekend.